career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, it is time once again to step into 40 plus real man, real talk. And one of the things I know is I'm getting older is I have these weird thoughts about, okay, what if I did just kick the bucket today? Would I be really happy with it? And I know all of us have had those things come up, but then sometimes I'm sitting doing my work and going, is this the thing I really want to be known for? And it'll stop me right in my tracks. And one of my really good friends is Gerson Sternstein. And he and I were having one of our weekly chats and I had to twist his arm to get him to come on here and talk about this. But um, (laughs) I'm so glad he's here today because we got into a conversation literally about, yeah, is this my last rodeo and all this sort of stuff. And um, so let's just, let's just open it up and start chatting, bro. So welcome Gerson to um, 40 plus real men, real talk, bro. Really glad to have you here. Oh, Rick, it's my pleasure. Yeah. yeah. So let's kind of go where we were. You know, we were having that conversation and suddenly you said, I think the exact words were, do I really want to go out this way? And um, of course, we laughed about that. But um, let's kind of yeah, go it, to that. Yeah, it's, and you know, it, it, it comes from the, um, you know, the, the baseball pitcher, Mariano Rivera, you know, he's a mm-hmm. Yankee pitcher. And a few years ago, he was getting near the end of his career and he was, I guess, doing something in the outfield and he, and he, screwed up his leg. And so he had to miss an extended period of time. And the question is, is was he going to just let that be the end of a very successful career or was he, or what was he going to do? Mm-hmm. And when he was asked, you know, his answer was, was quite simply says, I'm not going out like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's not going to be my last, you know, the, the, the last mm-hmm. visit from me is going out on, on injury. You know, I'm going to go out, and and in a sense, also he wanted to go out on his terms. Right. And right. you know, you know from my story uh, that you know I I had a you know successful medical practice, psychiatry yep. practice, you know that I had uh, built up yep. uh, in uh, my community, and um, you know 25 years, and uh, things were going well. Yep. Uh, and I was thought that I was uh, reaching that point where maybe I was going to adjust a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved, I was born to do the work. I loved the work. Uh, right. We served our community and um, very proud of what we've done. And then one day I walk into my office to a message from my attorney saying, uh, in effect, uh, that the medical board in my state wanted to uh, uh, take my license. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, you know, I was caught up in the issue around prescription medicines and, yep. Yep. Uh, and you know, we don't need to talk about that here. And that's not the point. But the point is, is that all of a sudden, you know, things changed. Yeah. And it's at the tone. It's at the tone for, okay, is this really the way I want to do this? And, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, I became, you know, this, this doctor in disgrace and, 
you know, there I was on in the news and in the newspaper, and and the career that I had built, uh, you know, was gone, mm-hmm. over, literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I you know worked through all that, you know, the question is, well, what was I going to do next? Exactly. And or was I going to do anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was I going to you know crawl up in a ball? And the answer is, is well, after I crawled up in a ball for a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm merely human. Yeah. Uh, the, the the question is, you know, so, you know, how how was I going to evolve? What was I going to do next? Because yep. uh, I I didn't want that. I wasn't going to go out like that. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know that the last anyone ever heard of me was you know this this doctor in disgrace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other part of it too is that I, I you know, I didn't feel like I was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's work to do. That there's, you know, uh, you, know you, you you look around and, in a way, all of a sudden I had all this time on my hands <laughs> because mm-hmm. I wasn't working seventy hours a week in my practice. And, you know, so you look around and and you see the world in which we're living, and you know, and and I, not being, I'm not immune to it. Uh, right. never was things matter to me and so i had to find something mm-hmm. the problem is is i never had to find anything before mm. you know <laughs> uh, you know medical training you know i i knew as from when i was a teenager <laughs> i knew what i was going to do you know right. you do the apprenticeship it's all laid out for you there's really not a whole lot of thinning you got to do <laughs> right right exactly you, know, you just you, you follow it through and you know, you learn stuff on the way, but, but there's never the real, I never really had to, okay, now what can I do? What will I do? Mm-hmm. How, how do I do it? Where do I turn? Exactly. Uh, I had no background, no training, no, mm-hmm. n- nothing to help me with that. Uh, now it turns out that as I, you know, fall through in that process, you know, yes, there were things that I learned and skills that I had developed and unbeknownst to me that, that, you know, to build a medical practice that, you know, I could transfer into this new world. Yep. How I was going to do that, you know, was, was the mystery, was the mystery. Uh huh. And this is such a poignant conversation because I know there's guys listening to this that go, yep, been there, done that. And it may not be because you got your medical license taken away, but it could be because suddenly you got the pink slip. Suddenly you got that early retirement that you weren't expecting. Suddenly you walked in to home and, and you got the, you know, the wife saying, I want a divorce, whatever it is. It's Absolutely. Moments in time. Right. That you right. have to face this, but you know, these things around our careers and what's next. And I went through the same thing. I remember back in, I remember it vividly in 2006 is when everything shifted for me not just the coming out, but the, the job coming out. When I walked back in from being on vacation with my family, Monday morning, things were good. I'm like, okay, I'm energized. I'm ready to get back into this. And I walk in and I remember my boss saying, hey, you want to come talk to me and the president? I'm like, sure. I figured we were just like, yeah, let's get on. The, what I knew what we had been working on before I left. And then they said, we know you and with your talents, you're going to be just fine. We got to make a cut and you're the guy (laughs) and my whole world. Thanks. Thanks for the compliment guys. Thanks for the compliment. And I was the third employee hired at this company. So that was almost like, really? I mean, I was sitting in the room with the two people who hired me and I was number three 
Right. And in that moment, it was that, okay, I curled up just like you <laughs> in my own little ball. I was oh, right. pissed off big time. And then I thought, okay, this is the second time in less than 10 years something like this has happened. And of course, I went into my own freaking head like, okay, there's something wrong with me. And then I thought, no, there's nothing wrong with you. The universe is pushing you to do something. And that's when I made the decision, fine, I'm going to go figure this out. And um, like you, though, <laughs> I didn't know what that was, what I was going to go figure out. But by God, I was going to. And then as the universe would have it, you and I actually met through right. a mutual, you know, Michael Port's um, Book Yourself Solid program. And that really set the foundation for our friendship, number one. But I think it's it's been the thing that's guided both of us to we keep looking and searching and figuring out and each of us has stepped forward. So as you came through this, what was probably a a or the biggest challenge for you in your own mind as a man of, okay, this has happened. What was the biggest struggle at that point? One was figuring out a way to take ownership kind of for what happened yeah. as opposed to saying, as opposed to dwelling in the, <laughs> you know, I just got fucked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, the event is traumatic. And, yes, and so is. that even to this day, and it's almost eight years, you know, mm -hmm. I still, you know, in my mind, you know, in my quiet mm -hmm. moments, relive parts of the, the entire experience. And, yep. uh, and there's a part of me that still can't believe it because it was so unfair. I mean, it's just mind boggling. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's Kafkaesque. You know, you woke up one day and someone introduced you. It's the right. trial. But, that, but that's not, wasn't going to help me. That wasn't going to help me go anywhere. You know, right. I, I mean, uh, you know, just, you know, being a, being a victim, you know? Mm -hmm. So part of it was having to acknowledge that, look, part of what happened to me was my own arrogance. And that I thought that if, that if I did my work and, and, and took care of and served people up to my standards, then my standards should be the same, should be acceptable <laughs> to the powers that be, you know? And, and, and that was arrogant because, you know, uh, because you don't know that. I don't know that. And there's nothing that says that they had to. And more importantly, I had a responsibility and accountability to my patients to protect them, to take care of them. And that meant that I had to be available to them. You know, the, the, <laughs> like they say in sports, you know, the number one ability is availability. <laughs> yep. If you're not there, you can't help. And so I, you know, I couldn't help these people who trusted me, who, who let me, you know, work with them in their lives. All mm. of a sudden overnight, I was no longer there for them and they were left, they were the victim. Yep. And so the first thing I had to do is I had to own that. You know, I had to understand that. I had to say, look, this is, this was my failure. And however unfair and however misguided, whatever it is, I let these people down. And then connected to that was to understand and really do a deep dive on, on so what really drives me, mm -hmm. you know, what is really important to me? How, how do I want to step forward in the world? Yeah. And in some ways, you know, that's what the Michael Port stuff, you know, was very helpful with because in a very, very sort of, you know, mundane, simple step-by-step -step way, you know, these are some of the questions, you know, that ask, you know, what, 
you know, so, you know, what was going to be my, if I could no longer serve as a, as a, as a, as a, as a clinician, as a psychiatrist, as a physician, then how was I going to serve? Because it was clear to me that I, I needed to serve. That's what's best for me. That gets me out of my head. It gets me not thinking about myself. You know, I find myself boring. I, I just, but these moments are what I believe call us to our better and greater calling. It's the thing that says, okay, it's time for you to wake up. In fact, I was, this conversation is, is really interesting to be having because the day yesterday I was having a session with a client and he made the statement, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm indulging my emotional smallness. And in that moment I said, yes, but you could also choose to indulge your emotional greatness and look at the possibility instead of the acceptance of this is where you are. And you also get to decide if you want to react or respond in these situations. And I know for me, said. when I got to this space, it was a matter of me going, okay, yes, at first I reacted, I was pissed off and all this sort of stuff. But then I realized the best thing I could do is respond from my greatness versus my smallness. And that's the thing I feel like I've noticed in our friendship and the thing that I've watched you is even through this turmoil, your greatness shows up even in the statement that started this whole conversation about you being here with us today was that whole space of, I don't want to go out this way. I truly don't. And that's a sign in my mind of someone who is standing in their greatness versus standing in their smallness. It's an interesting space to play. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice of you to say, I, I, yes, I think, I think, yeah, and I think that's true for all of us. I think that, and I think that that, you know, when I reflect back around my career, I mean, that was most appealing about, you know, the work is that, you know, you have this individual come in, you know, and obviously as a psychiatrist, you know, all these people are behaviorally and interactionally challenged, shall we say. Yep, yep. (laughs) That's what, that's why they're there. That's Uh, right. You know, and to, to, or even the story I told you about, you know, when I was started off as a pediatrician, you know, the right. 16 year old who delivers a baby not knowing she's pregnant. And, and after six months, you know, she's the one that's coming in with the baby and she's mm-hmm. clearly the mom as opposed to her mother, who was the mom. You know, right. After. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah. you, it's those, those steps that people took to get there that you get a chance to be part of. That's it, just, it's amazing. It's miraculous. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. And, the, you know, so back to your question about the one or two things, you know, that I learned, you know, for me, it was, it was really seeing that, mm-hmm. that, and, and thinking about all the ways in which, you know, one can be helpful yep. in that way. You know, now in medicine, for example, you know, big issue, or the, right. it's talked about now has to do with so-called this social determinants of health and, you know, population health and, right. You know, and so as you know, I've become particularly interested in what, what it means, what it would mean to be a healing community, mm-hmm. and healing communities, and and you know, many clinicians and many physicians. You know, I mean, the statistics: fifty percent of docs are burned out. Fifty percent of docs yep. say they would rather be doing something else. Yep. that's unbelievable. <laughs> Can you imagine if fifty percent of airplane pilots wish they were doing something else? Right. Would you get on that plane? You know, <laughs> no, I'd rather not. You know, right. but I think I think the the beauty of this is you just hit on something that I think is very common, and I and part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast was. I actually believe that 50% of humans, if not more, 
are not happy in what they're doing, and especially in men. And when we guys finally take the stand to do something like this, and maybe this is a good place to like bring this complete conversation full circle, is when we take the stand as a guy to admit and own, as you said, we take ownership of this is not where I want to go out. And this is not where I'm happy. And we give ourselves permission to actually do something with that, even though yours was kind of forced, mine was kind of forced. But the, but the universe delivered that to us so we could say, okay, then now what am I going to do? Because well, now I get to choose versus this is being done to me. And you're that's, absolutely right. And, and, and that's not to say, therefore, that people have to necessarily do something different or find mm-hmm. a new career. It's, it's a wake-up call to say, step back. How is it that I am where I am, feeling what I feel, and yeah. and let me be become mindful. Let me really look at that, you know, because maybe what's happened here, you know, is is I've changed or I've lost something that I can recapture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that I I forgot, you know, why I loved this person in the beginning. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, like, in the, you know, as a, as a as a therapist, you know. I used to say, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me. People come in, you know, and well, what brings you here? You know, and they'll give me 72 things that's wrong with their spouse and, and, or their mate. <laughs> and I'll say, isn't that interesting? You know, my guess is, is that when you first met, there were 72 things about yourself that you tried to hide so that they didn't find out and get rid of you. Exactly. And here now you, so, so what's, what's happened, you know? Uh, exactly. You know, it's where all of a sudden it's all them and not, you, you know, maybe if you can get back to, to you. You know, you, to you, and yeah. and you can step back and say, my God, you know, what's the miracle here is that this individual has put up with me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That we put up with ourselves. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Uh, well, man, I love this conversation. I'm so glad we brought it to the guys because Good. I think this is something that every one of us as guys, whether you're 40 or older, doesn't really matter. Uh, but I think it does affect most of us that are in that space in life from 40 on up. We have these moments and you uh, step back and you say, okay, here I am now. Exactly. Now what? Yeah. And now what? And that's where we're going to wrap it up is to encourage all you guys to not get stuck in the now what, but ask the question and then say, so I'm going to do what? And let yourself go dream, look at the possibilities and take the step so that you don't get to that space and go, oh, I went out that way. That really sucked. <laughs> right. Thanks for being here, man. I so appreciate uh, you. My pleasure. Everything you do. And um, we'll have everything um, up on the site so you can connect with Kirsten however um, makes sense. And we'll be back in just a few days with another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. That's a wrap for 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.